Welcome to Work Your Way Up, a podcast channel for everyone thriving and striving to climb up the corporate ladder. You'll hear about the wins, challenges, what ifs, and could have beens of people coming from different career paths. Join Angel as she shares insights from guests and from her own corporate adventure. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, let's get started. everyone, it's Angel here and welcome to Work Your Way Up, the right place where young leaders and aspiring leaders go to for actionable tips and insights on career management and progression. How are you guys? It has been a while. I know I went on MIA for two weeks and I just miss saying those lines. I miss recording podcasts. I just miss everything about Work Your Way Up. Anyway, I am back with a really interesting and exciting topic for today. So welcome to episode number 14 of Work Your Way Up. If this is your first time listening to this podcast channel, welcome. Um, in here, we talk a lot about career management and progression and how you can basically manage your boss and what are the things that you can embrace to become an empowered follower or an empowered employee. But before we dive into discussing today's topic, I would just like to quickly share with you guys what happened for the past two weeks and why I went on MIA. So for the past two years now, I have a side business. It's an online flower shop where we sell bouquets of fresh flowers for anniversaries, birthdays, and any other surprises. And the business is doing well, although we only get a lot of orders and inquiries on special occasions. Like if, if it's a Valentine's Day or if it's a Mother's Day or Father's Day because we also have some liquor bouquets, you know, things like that. But it stayed as a side business that way for a long time. However, this quarantine, we introduced a new line of product, dried flowers, to our market, to our audience, to our customers. And a lot of people just wanted to grab one. And so the sales really went crazy. A lot of, we've been receiving a lot of inquiries from different people. And so I knew that I had to kind of dedicate a lot of time and effort into streamlining everything and really working on having a stable supply chain before I can leave the business or step away from the business a little bit and spend some of my time and effort in releasing and creating content and, you know, episodes for my podcast. And that is basically the reason why I decided to just not upload any episode yet or not upload any episode for the past two weeks because, number one, I also don't want to upload anything that is half-baked for you guys because I know that when you listen to this podcast, you want concrete actionable items, you want concrete insights from me and I don't want to upload anything just for the sake of uploading one. Which is why I thought that it's better for me to pause momentarily for this podcast so that I can get myself organized and, you know, make sure that everything about that side business is settled before I start uploading new episodes again. Which is also the reason why I'm here today. Anyway, so that experience actually was a good reminder for me about juggling a lot of things. I know that a lot of us, maybe all of us right now are trying to juggle a lot of things, whether we're juggling a full-time job and a side job, um, maybe a business, 
coaching service or school. Maybe we're trying to finish a certain degree or a master's or doctorate or a bachelor's degree. Or maybe we're trying to complete trainings or seminars that we have um, enrolled in. You know, a lot of things. We try to juggle so many things at once. And one thing about trying to multitask or juggle different things is that it feels fulfilling when we're able to complete each one of them, when we're able to tick them off. Like we feel so productive. But what we have to understand is that we're not superhumans. I mean, we still have our limitations. And I am a strong believer of the line, you can't serve two masters at once. That means that, you know, although it is okay, or maybe for you, you find it very easy or doable to juggle a lot of things, long term, it could really have an impact, whether that impact is towards your mental, emotional, or physical health, or towards the quality of your output or service or product that you are offering. Now, I understand that there are specific situations in our lives wherein we have to push ourselves to multitask and to juggle things. And that is okay. I think that that is doable in a short term or in a short period of time. Let's say if it's something that you have to work on for a few days or maybe maximum a week, I think that you're able to manage your time very well and compromise a little bit of your sleeping time or rest time to cope or keep up with everything that you have to work on. But if you think about consistently doing it for weeks or months or years, that could really have a tremendous negative impact on your health. And so the reason I am sharing this with all of you today is to remind you that if this is something that resonates with you and you are currently juggling a lot of things and you start to notice that you're actually missing on some important parts of some of these things that you're juggling, that means that it is now time for you to pause, assess everything that you have at hand, and then prioritize before things get worse and you start to miss on the more important and crucial matters. Anyway, that's just a quick summary of my own experience for the past weeks and my viewpoint about juggling things. But we are now moving on to the star or the main topic of today's episode, which is all about the limiting beliefs of employees. First off, it's not only the employees who have limiting beliefs, okay? So there are different sets of limiting beliefs in almost every individual or person, regardless of their rank or status in life. Like limiting beliefs exist in even from, you know, managers or executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, even millionaires, different, all walks of life. But we are going to focus on the limiting beliefs of employees because this podcast is all about the lives of those in the corporate world. And so for today, our main talking points are the following. First is we are going to understand limiting belief. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard of this before or this is your first time encountering this term, but we are going to understand what is the definition of this and then how it originates or where it could potentially, where our limiting beliefs could have originated. And then what are the negative effects of limiting beliefs towards us? The next talking point would be about the common limiting beliefs of employees, which is something that I have actually posted in my Instagram account two weeks ago when I was supposed to launch this um, episode. And by the way, guys, if you don't follow me on Instagram yet, 
feel free to do so. Just search for work your way underscore up. In there, we can you can send me a DM anytime in case there's something that you want to be clarified or talked about. So we are going to talk about the five common limiting beliefs of employees. And these five things or limiting beliefs I, I am going to share with you later are things that I really personally can observe from the people that I've worked with for the past years. The third talking point is going to be identifying your own limiting belief. Now, if we can, if you can say confidently say that you don't really have any, then that's good. But we are going to go through a very quick activity later that will reveal whether or not you have a limiting belief. And lastly, we are going to talk about the steps to overcome limiting belief. So without any further ado, let's get started. All right, so first off that we are going to talk about is, you know, having a deeper understanding of limiting belief. I remember the first time I've encountered this term was five years ago, and it was actually my husband who introduced it to me. They had a discussion in their at work in their workplace, and they talked about limiting belief. And one of his boss confronted him and told him that the factors or things he is raising as a concern about you know achieving something are actually limiting beliefs and not really valid. And so we started from there on, we started to talk about how do we differentiate a limiting belief and a valid reason that you can't achieve something. But before we dive into that, let's define limiting belief first. So according to changeminds.org, limiting beliefs are those which constrain us in some way. Just by believing them, we do not think do or say the things that they inhibit. We may have beliefs about rights, duties, abilities, permissions, and so on. So limiting beliefs are often about ourselves and our self-identity. So you know how us individuals try to think about our potential, our capacity, the things that we can do, how we can look at someone and say, I can actually do better than this person. Let's say if it's public speaking or hosting or singing or dancing, there is actually an opposite kind of mindset to that. Basically, limiting belief is like on the other end of the spectrum, you know your capacity, your capabilities, the thing that you can really do so well. But on the opposite end, there are also things that you think you can't do or you are insecure about or you think that other people can do better than you. And that opposite end are your limiting beliefs. Now, I'm not saying that you have to exist and think that you can do every single thing in the world so well, right? What I'm saying is that the limiting beliefs somehow can help you in a way that it will keep you grounded. But then if your limiting beliefs are now the reason why you don't pursue on a goal or a vision or a dream of yours, then that becomes dangerous. Now, why do limiting beliefs exist? They exist not because we thought of setting them, like compared to our goals and our aspirations in life, we really intentionally think about them and really you know, aim for them. But with limiting beliefs, they're actually formed not because we intentionally set them in our minds, 
But because of the experiences we've had in the past or the situations we were in that, you know, pushed us to think that way. So let's take singing as an example. As a kid, maybe you loved to sing. You love to showcase your talent. You love to sing with different songs, the 80s classics or 90s classics. But then one person who didn't really have any idea the, about the impact, the negative and long-term impact of a feedback that is not relayed well to a child has told you that you're not really as good with singing as the other people or you can't really hit high notes or you can't really, you know, go with the floor. You don't sound so good with specific songs and you kind of, you didn't know that you actually remember that because it hurt you. It hurt you that you're doing, you want to do something that you love, but then you were told that you're not actually good at it. At the back end, maybe it was just an ordinary day and maybe you thought that you forgot about it. But what you didn't know is that subconsciously, it's already in your mind. And the moment that another person says something like that to you as you grow up, it tends to, they pile up at the back of your mind until you start to believe that maybe you're not really good with it. Maybe it's not really for you. Maybe singing is not, maybe you're not really as good with singing as other people. Maybe you can love music as, and what a lot of people joke about, I love music, but music doesn't love me, you know, things like that. And then you start to believe that you can't really do it. In fact, in an article posted by Forbes, um, wherein they were interviewing a business mindset coach named Nina Cook, she mentioned relating to limiting beliefs that many limiting beliefs are created in our childhood. Devastatingly, they become part of our identity. What's even more interesting is the fact that limiting beliefs don't only form in our younger years. Like we can also form or embrace or have new limiting beliefs as we progress in life, maybe with our new workplace or with our new boss or with our new colleagues and they start to tell us the things that they think we're not capable of or we're not good at and then slowly we start to embrace them and believe in them. Limiting beliefs can have a number of negative impact to us. These beliefs can either stop us from making good choices or grabbing new opportunities or taking on different career paths that we really want to, or maybe reaching our own maximum potential. In fact, I have been a victim of my own limiting belief for years. I would admit that even up to today, there are things that would stop me from doing something or I would stop myself from doing something just because of my own limiting belief, which is why it's important for you to always do assessment on the reasons why you don't want to take on this opportunity or you don't want to grab something because it may not be really a valid reason. Rather, it's just because of your own limiting belief. So one very memorable example of me allowing my limiting belief stop me from grabbing a really good opportunity happened six years ago 
when I was looking for a job. So I started out as an executive assistant. Um, I'm really used to dealing directly with executives, business owners from all over the world. I started as a virtual executive assistant until I was able to land jobs wherein I have to deal in person with these executives or business owners. So there was one time, six years ago, I was applying for a job. I actually, I was actually invited for this offer wherein I will be an executive assistant in a really big company here in my area. And then the first thing I had in mind was, I am too young for this opportunity. That was the very first limiting belief I had in mind. But I thought, you know what? They invited me. Maybe they saw something in me in my previous experience or the things that I have shown in my LinkedIn account. So I grabbed it. I scheduled an interview. In fact, the HR manager just talked to me for 10 minutes and then she endorsed me for final interview directly with a vice president of that company. And so I was really excited, but at the same time nervous meeting the VP. And then we met in a hotel lobby and then he started asking me questions. And then you know what? Before I was able to emphasize to him the things that I have done for the past years, which I'd say, you know, if you compare it to maybe executive assistants with seven years of experience or 10 years of experience, of course, they're able to give more. But if my belief in myself at that time was stronger than my insecurity or my limiting belief, I can tell you I am 100% confident that I could have grabbed that opportunity. Because you know what? For the entire duration of the interview, the one thing I had in mind was, this is not for me. This is not for me. I am only here to experience the interview. This is not for me. So before the vice president can even make his decision, I already decided myself that it's not for me. And the reason why I say that was because when I was talking about my experience, I blurted out exactly what I had in mind, which was, I know that you think I might be too young for this role, wherein the VP immediately said, no, I don't think, I don't care if you're too young for the role. What I am only concerned about is that if you can fulfill it. And I know that, you know, this person is very experienced dealing with people. I know that he can sense my own insecurity and maybe my own limiting belief. And that is why, obviously, because I thought that this is not for me, I didn't get the job. But a few months after that, Every time I think about that interview, I always think to myself that I lost an opportunity not because I wasn't ready for it or I wasn't capable for it, but because of my own limiting belief. Although I'm happy where I am today because I feel like I'm exactly where I have to be, there are still questions in my head about opportunities that I lost, not because I wasn't capable or good enough for them, but simply because I didn't grab them thinking that I wasn't good enough to have them. You know, you know what I mean? This is why it is extremely important for us to be able to identify right away if we are keeping ourselves from grabbing opportunities just because of our limiting beliefs. So moving on to the five common limiting beliefs of employees that I often hear from people that I have worked with for the past years. The first one I have here is no one can get rich by staying as an employee. 
Now, why do I tag this as a limiting belief? Because the moment that you think that you can never get rich by just staying as an employee is the time that you actually start not to be as dedicated and as passionate to your work as you would have if you didn't have that kind of a mindset in the first place. As you know, in the corporate world, we get rewarded based on our performance. And so if you start to think that you can never get rich by staying as an employee, then you start to compromise on the quality of your performance or your output, which then validates your thought that you can never get rich because the company won't promote you or won't give you opportunities that would allow you to increase your value as an employee. Another limiting belief is that I am only expected to follow what the boss tells me. So there are people out there who think that because they are just an employee, they're only expected to say yes to the boss. They don't have the right to negotiate. They don't have the right to, you know, raise their idea or contradict with the boss if they think something else is better. Of course not. You are hired for your role because the company thinks that you are an expert in that field. No matter how simple that is, let's say even if it's just data entry, if you are hired for that role to be fulfilled by you, that means you actually spend more time doing that task than maybe most of the people in your organization. That means you know the ins and outs of that task more than anyone else. That means that you are an expert in that field. And so if you think that there are areas in there that you can improve or you can, you know, streamline, then don't hesitate to raise it to your boss. Another limiting belief is that I need to be a manager first before I invest in self-development. You can't be a manager if you don't invest in self-development. Your organization won't see you having the potential to become a leader if you don't invest in developing yourself, in your personal growth, if you don't invest in improving how you negotiate, how you talk to people, how you manage your boss, if you don't invest time, effort, and even money in improving your skill sets, especially in your, in, your interpersonal skills, then you can't expect the company or the organization that you're working for to promote you or see you as the next leader. The fourth limiting belief of an employee is that it's a waste of money to invest in trainings and seminars, especially on things that is related to changing how you think or your personal growth, something that is tangible compared to the hard skills wherein you really learn something like how to work in Excel or PowerPoint presentation or maybe a software you really want to master. If it's trainings or seminars about personal growth and expanding your emotional intelligence, a lot of people think that it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time because you don't really see anything tangible. And more often than not, trainings and seminars that talk about emotional intelligence or expanding your ability in that area takes longer for you to execute it because the success of you changing the way you think and the way you behave depends fully on you. It depends on how much you push yourself. It depends on how much you allow other people to push you and to groom you. And that is why a lot of people mistake it to be a waste of money. But it's not. Because the change in the way you deal with people 
your emotional intelligence and your mindset actually emanates in the way you interact with other people. And the last limiting belief of employees is that it's impossible for them to become an executive. They think that maybe the highest level that they can attain is just to become a supervisor or maybe a manager and that they can never become an executive or they can never become the next CEO or COO. Maybe if you're talking about multinational companies, maybe it's not completely impossible, but it would be extremely challenging for you and you have to carefully choose your opportunities to make sure that you're able to pave the right path for yourself to achieve that, but it's not completely impossible. However, um, if you also consider smaller companies out there, in fact, there are 80% of the companies in the world are SMEs and every SME requires someone who would lead and run the business for them because most often than not, the owners would like to step aside and focus on something else, whether that be at creating new companies or maybe just at living their life. And so they would need someone, an executive who would run the company for them. That is where the opportunity for you to become an executive comes in. And so it's not completely impossible. And you don't have to limit yourself and what you can do just because you think that you can never become an executive. So how do you know what is your limiting belief or what are the things you have in your head right now that are actually limiting beliefs instead of valid reasons that you can't, you know, obtain or get whatever dream or goal you have in life. All right, so I have here a very quick activity for you and I want you to really follow through and do these things so that you can have an assessment for yourself. Now, if you think that you're unable to do this, it's fine. Just continue listening and then just find a time later to do this part. So the first one I want you to do is to write down the goals you want to achieve that you think are achievable. So write down at least three things that you want to get, your aspirations in life that you think are achievable. And then write down the things you want to achieve that seem impossible for you. I'm not sure whatever situation you are in right now, but maybe you have aspirations in life that you really want to get. But for you, these three things that you want to get are something that are kind of impossible, maybe because of time, money, or whatever reason that you have. After you have written down the three things you think you can't achieve, but you want to, think of at least three reasons why you think you can't achieve them, each one of them. Why you think you can't achieve, let's say, becoming a lawyer or running a $5 million worth of company, anything like that. Think of the reasons why you think they're unachievable. Now, categorize those reasons as either something related to money, time, skills, experience, or knowledge. So let's say, for example, if you don't have a budget, that means that falls under money. 
Or maybe you think that you don't have enough time or you can't spend enough time on another thing to juggle because you already have a side job and a full-time job. So that falls under the category of time. So anything like that, just categorize them as either money, time, skills, experience, and knowledge. Now, once you're done categorizing them, if your reason fall any of the above or you are able to categorize them as either of the five things that I have discussed earlier, that means that what's stopping you are just your own limiting belief. If there's a reason that you have written down that you can't really, that don't fall in any of those five things, there is a potential that that is a valid reason and it's not just you limiting yourself. But if it falls on either of those five things, then it could. there's a higher chance that it's just a limiting belief of yours. Now, why? What's in those five categories that make reasons uh, tagged under them as just a limiting belief? Let's say for me, one aspiration I have in life that I think I can never achieve is to become a lawyer. And I have so many reasons why I think that is unachievable. And one of it is money. So why a reason about money is just a limiting belief? Because if there is something that you want to pursue and you think you don't have the financial capacity to have it, that means you're not looking through enough. Let's say, for example, I want to become a lawyer and I find that it's so expensive. Maybe there are organizations out there who offer scholarships or maybe I can have a side work or side job to support my tuition fee if ever I get that degree or maybe I can request for a company sponsorship in exchange of something or I can apply for a student loan. So there are so many things that I can actually tap and see if it fits with what I currently have and my current situation in order to address money. But because I don't push hard enough, I just consider that that is already a valid reason not to get that dream. Second is time. So oftentimes we think that I just have too much on my plate. I can no longer cater or work on achieving this dream. Well, if that is a dream of yours, why can't you allot a time for it? If that is something that you badly want, why can't you spend a time for it? As they say, time is very relative. You give time on things that matter to you. If you can't squeeze that in into your day-to-day -day activities, that means maybe you don't want it so bad. Or maybe you are just making up an excuse for yourself not to pursue it. If you have a very hectic schedule because of your full-time job or side job or any other side hustle that you're doing, then for sure there are options for you wherein you can negotiate with your employer or the business or the organization you're working for to kind of change a little bit on the timing or your schedule with them so that you can squeeze in activities that would help you achieve that specific goal. 
And then the three other categories I've mentioned earlier, which are skills, experience, and knowledge, they, they're kind of very closely related. And if you use them as an excuse not to pursue a dream, you have to remind yourself that every single person that you're admiring now, you're looking up to because maybe of their experience, maybe because of their value, maybe because of the things that they have done in the past or their success now, remember that they all started as a beginner. And the only thing that could stop you from pursuing your dream because you don't have enough skills or you don't have enough experience and you don't have enough knowledge is when you're not open to learning, when you're not humble enough to embrace that at this stage and in pursuit of this specific dream, you're going to start off as a beginner. So let's say you are already a successful graphic designer, but you want to pursue a career related to marketing. You want to become the next marketing executive. Now, even if you're already a, let's say, a senior manager or a senior graphics designer earning a lot of money, when you have to transition your career path, there would be changes in your value as well, especially if it's your first time to do that role. So you just have to embrace that you are going to start from scratch. Or if not from scratch, then you're going to go lower than the, your current status in order to do that transition or to pursue that dream that you have. And the moment that you embrace that is the moment that you let go of reasons like you don't have enough skills, you don't have enough experience, and you don't have enough knowledge. Now, if any of those reasons resonate with you or you feel like those are exactly the reasons I have in my head why I'm not pursuing a certain dream that you have, then you need to start working on overcoming your own limiting beliefs because it could be that that is the only single thing that's holding you back, that's, you know, that's blocking you from grabbing that opportunity, from getting exactly what you want to have. And I have here three things that you can do. So there are only three, but they're not simple. Why? Because they involve so much intention from you meaning you have to be consciously seeking for them. You have to consciously exert an effort to do them so that you can overcome your own limiting beliefs. So the first one I have here is you determine your own limiting beliefs. Now, you can do the activity that we did earlier for as many times as you can in different areas of your life, whether it's on finances, on your career, with your relationship with your family, or maybe relationship with your loved ones, or your studies, anything. Do that activity over and over again so that you can uncover your limiting beliefs in the different aspects of your life. Once you have them, you then proceed to step two which is you discover its deep-rooted reasons. So let's say if you think that you're not good enough with public speaking or you're not good enough with singing, you try to understand what happened in the previous years, why you think that way. What kinds of feedback did you receive before that made you think that you are not good enough? What were the constructive criticisms or feedback that you got that you can actually apply your embrace today so that you can improve your singing? And then lastly, you have to make sure that you address every single limiting belief you have one at a time. For sure, you might be able to find more than one limiting beliefs that you have in your life. And that's okay. 
Continue working on your limiting beliefs and overcoming them slowly but surely so that you can let go of whatever is holding you back from grabbing opportunities that you want to achieve. Just make sure that you don't overwhelm yourself by trying to resolve them all at once. It wouldn't really make sense. I mean, if you can do it, then go for it. But I don't think that it would be healthy as well for you because when you try to overcome a limiting belief, you are actually trying to change a part of yourself that has been in there for years. And so it requires so much time and patience from yourself to let go, let loose, and embrace a new version of you. And just like that, we just ended today's episode about limiting beliefs. I hope that you guys learned a thing or two from this episode. And if you think that you can share this with a friend or a family member or a colleague who's also going through something related to his or her limiting beliefs, then feel free to share this episode to him or to her. Also, if you like to hear the content that I upload here, feel free to leave a feedback on Apple Podcasts so that I'd know that I should continue creating content like this and that I'm on the right track. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you all again next time. <music>